You're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. One of the greatest frustrations a physician faces is when the healer is unable to offer hope. Once a universally fatal disease in early childhood, today, with comprehensive, holistic care, children with muscular dystrophy have a brighter future. Join us today at the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg, your host, and with me today is Dr. Brenda Wong. Dr. Wong is the director of the Neuromuscular Comprehensive Care Center at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. She is an associate professor of pediatrics and neurology. Today we are discussing the unique program at Cincinnati Children's Hospital that serves as a national model for comprehensive care of children with neuromuscular disorders. Greetings, Dr. Wang. I thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. What makes the program at Cincinnati Children's Hospital unique? What makes our program unique is the ability of 17 or more specialists coming together to provide integrated care for children with neuromuscular disorders, especially for Duchenne muscular dystrophy that has multi-system involvement and need expert care from so many specialists in different areas. I understand that from our previous conversation that you see two to three new patients per week with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Could you take us through the evaluation process when a new patient arrives for treatment? It is my pleasure to share our, our approach and our care program. We see two to three new Duchenne patients um, a week. Most of them come from other cities, and they travel a distance. In order to facilitate um, comprehensive care for a single family, we have a concierge service who would have an intake from the family with regards to a detailed medical history. We then formulate an itinerary um, for a schedule of clinic visits personalized um, to meet the needs of each child, which may be different in terms of the various specialists that the child may need to see. And that is coordinated such that the patient usually stays over a period of two to three days to get comprehensive evaluation by the neurology team, the pulmonary team, the cardiac team, orthopedics if needed, um, rehab, physiatry, physical therapy, orthopedics, nutrition, genetic counseling, and so on. They arrive, they get escorted by our, our guest services, and they do the various tests that may be indicated depending on insurance coverage. And following the three days of eval, um, the neurologist, that's uh, usually me, um, I would wrap up the entire three days evals assessment and um, together with my other colleagues' input, uh, formulate an individualized care plan for the child and the monitoring that needs to be done in their local towns or cities uh, in collaboration with their primary care pediatrician. So that is, in essence, an outpatient comprehensive uh, visit for our families with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. 
we do have uh, coordinated inpatient care for families that may need inpatient care, but um, that is, again, depending on each individual child's um, needs. I heard you mention ongoing care by the primary care physician. How do you help that doctor manage such a complicated process, and where, what do you rely on the primary care physician to do most? We would um, furnish the primary care physician and the family with a detailed clinic note that summarizes the entire assessment with all the problems that have been identified, with all the test results that we have obtained, and with recommendations for further follow-up monitoring labs if needed um, in their hometown or city. If there are outstanding problems that need to be discussed with the pediatrician, we would be in touch with the pediatrician either on the phone or via email. And that seemed to have worked out really well for the pediatricians who um, are very excited to be part of this, this team. In fact, I view the pediatricians as key members in taking a, a role in the care of the child with Duchenne because the problems in Duchenne really are medical problems. The neurologist diagnoses Duchenne, um, but with the advent of chronic steroid therapy, we're creating um, a host of endocrine problems and monitoring for side effects that really it's in the domain of the primary care doc, but it's hard to expect a primary care doc in a busy practice to be able to tease out what's needed. And so a big major neuromuscular center that's able to provide the primary care pediatrician with all the problems that we have identified, and, and we will work with the pediatricians to, to follow that closely to minimize complications. Um, so. It's just important to have the primary care pediatrician play um, a big role in successful care of these children. If you have just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and our guest today is Dr. Brenda Wong. Dr. Wong is the director of the Neuromuscular Comprehensive Care Center at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. She is an associate professor of pediatrics and neurology. Dr. Wang, what comprises the current standard of care for children with Duchenne muscular dystrophy? Let's um, discuss that based on the different systems that's involved. In terms of skeletal muscle function, the gold standard of treatment right now is chronic steroids. Steroids have been used since 1970s, but it has only been the last three years or so that um, the American Academy of Neurology and the European Neuromaster Consortium have put forth their practice parameters and call for steroids to, to be the gold standard of treatment. In terms of pulmonary function, the American Thoracic Society has um, a paper that was published a couple of years ago regarding the standards of care for pulmonary function that each child should be evaluated at the time of diagnosis and to be followed up on a routine basis for the complications of pulmonary dysfunction. Again, for cardiac function, it is now the standard of care to evaluate the child at the time of diagnosis 
and not to defer cardiac evaluation to the teen years when most of these children would have significant cardiac dysfunction and cardiomyopathy. We uh, know that it's a little too late uh, to start seeing the patients at that time. With respect to the other um, functions for neurocognitive function with behavioral problems, difficulties, um, our standard of care here at Children's is to refer them for necessary evaluations and interventions at the time of um, the comprehensive care eval. With the advent of use of chronic steroids, we are now encountering patients on chronic steroids for um, at least five to ten years, and we are seeing the complications of growth failure um, as well as insulin resistance and osteoporosis. So I would recommend that for each child with Duchenne and the consideration for steroid therapy that all children should have baseline evaluations for their growth before one encounters the complications um, of chronic steroid therapy, osteoporosis, and fractures. With regards to psychosocial needs of the family and the patient, I recommend that that should be done at the time of diagnosis. We must remember that the child may look relatively well at the time of diagnosis, but the parents are not well at that time. And that is, that is a great need for psychosocial intervention to support the parents through that time and, and later to support the needs of the child when the child encounters psychosocial problems when they struggle with impending loss of ambulation and loss of function. So in essence, it's the time of diagnosis that one would be able to have the baseline evals and interventions and follow with the families at least on an annual basis to identify for developing problems in those systems. Have you found any non-pharmacologic therapies that have added benefit to children with Duchenne's? We believe in holistic management, and I think that the families, most families do. So for the non-pharmacological interventions, um, one great important aspect really is nutrition because if families do not watch the diet and do not follow through with our recommendations for a healthy diet, um, the excessive weight gain would be detriment to motor function. And so we recommend in our dietary uh, consults that they include the appropriate vitamins, and we are into um, supporting the omega acids as well as um, a good amount of intake with fresh fruits and vegetables with antioxidants from the diet. However, there's one antioxidant um, that is really not available in your diet, and um, that is coenzyme Q10 that we use pretty uh, frequently in our families who do ask for supplements. This is based on a lot of um, work that has been going on with oxidative stress in degenerative disorders like muscular dystrophies and spinal muscular atrophy. And with the level one evidence in Parkinson's patients with coenzyme Q10 with um, proven benefit, we have 
recommended to our families the use of CoQ10 if they want to consider vitamin supplements. We are aware that there is no um, evidence right now in terms of double-blind placebo studies for Duchenne's per se, but there is good uh, rationale on based on biochemical um, knowledge of the role of CoQ10 and, and antioxidants. Um, so that's one that we do work with families um, quite some uh, bit over there. I would like very much to thank Dr. Brenda Wong, who has been our guest, and we have been discussing muscular dystrophy, the current standard of care. I am Dr. Bill Rutenberg. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. I wish you a good day and good health.